From the Lucha Podcast Network, this is the Mass Startup Podcast. The Mass Startup Podcast profiles the most talented creators, impactful entrepreneurs, and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights, learnings, and tactics to help you build the things that you believe in. So, I guess, like, I'd be curious to hear very early on, what does day one look like for Sweet South? Whoa. Um, <laughs> day one was like um, a loose, a very loose plan, I think. So, you know, we obviously started Sweep Self off of the back of the experience that we had, like personal experience as a, as a couple, mm-hmm. trying to look for someone to help us at home very last minute and sort of being left in, in quite a tight situation with our nanny basically leaving and saying like try and find a replacement um, and and then you know thinking having that sort of evolve into thinking about building a solution to those sorts of situations for people like ourselves but at the same time also trying to address issues around unemployment or underemployment for for women who, who work in homes women and men who, who work in homes um, and so like day one of that, it's, it's, we, we've built very, I think intentionally been very iterative about how we build things. And I think if we try to envision like building what Sweep South looks like today in the first few weeks, months, whatever, and, and, you know, try to like practically work towards it, it just, it wouldn't have worked. So it was scrappy. It was that Google form that we sent out when we oh, first yeah. had the idea to friends and family to be like, Hey, That's we're thinking it. of doing this. Yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, we, 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 right in the beginning, we were set out, if I recall, just to try solve that one big issue, and that was discovery quickly. Mm. Uh, uh, and what is discovering, you know, what, what is discovery here? It meant mm. I need to find someone, uh, you know, last minute to, to help me out. I mean, a bit of a tricky situation. And you're like, well, that's quite innocent and sure, is that really a business? We don't know, but we know it's a real problem, right? Mm. It's a problem for just, as we say, I should say, uh, sending out a Google form to a bunch of people, you realize very quickly they have a same issue. Um, and um, the thing with that, of course, is that as fast that's where business started and you realize very quickly there's a, a lot more to it, like a lot more you could actually do that's even maybe even more powerful from a from an economics perspective uh, and that. But... Um, but I, I like that Aisha actually mentioned uh, kind of a business plan we had initially. We should definitely touch on that because that was uh, one of the, maybe one of the, the greatest moments as a reminder for me today is because I think about two weeks ago, we managed to unpack a few things and found this lean canvas <laughs> that was meant to represent what's The business thought. model canvas? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Here is the kicker. Not a single thing on that thing was right. <laughs> I think if you flipped a coin, you would have done better. Maybe that's a, a, a good, maybe a lesson for others who are maybe a bit cautious about thinking, but do I need to be right and how right do I need to be? I can say for Sweet South on day one of planning of what this was going to be, we couldn't have been more wrong on the planning front. <laughs> yeah. So and, yeah, like the vision yeah. is more important. Oh, absolutely. Sort of, yeah, yeah. Like, like what, what is the problem that you're trying to solve mm. rather than like all of the steps that we think are going to get us to that solution? Yeah. How did you figure out um, how big the problem actually was, right? So everyone talks about, you know, I really found a problem that I really cared about mm. and I really wanted to solve it. How do you figure out that, you know what, this is big enough to actually turn into a startup? Yeah. And more so, it can actually have impact on a lot of people's lives. Yeah, yeah. It's a good one because, again, it's not easy. And I, I think it's also important to say that when you are coming from the point of view as 
someone who's had a bit of experience building these things, so many questions that I think a new founder would be like, what's the, what's the straight answer? There's no straight answer, like unfortunately, um, which is also the beauty of doing all of this stuff. So, you know, with, with um, Addressable Market as, a, as another example of that, you, we had a sense that this was big in the sense that, you know, we looked at how many domestic workers there are in the country. There are a million for a population of 60 million people. It's almost 2% like of, you know, the population. That's a big, you know, that, that feels like a big problem. Mm. Um, if you just think about your own experiences growing up at home and having someone who helps you there, again, you know, like it feels like, it feels so, um, uh, it feels like something that I can identify with because I've had that experience. So it feels like something that's probably common in a lot of households. But it's so difficult to try and get an accurate measure of addressable market, especially with innovative technologies, because in many ways, firstly, you're building for a future that you can't really fully predict. Mm. Secondly, in many ways, your innovation changes that. Mm. You know, so it's like the Uber example with the New York taxi cabs and, you know, that professor yeah. kind of went, well, Uber could only as, be as big as the, the New York taxi cab industry. Mm. Well, no, like that, that doesn't, that doesn't you're, work. You're measuring it against the existing data. Yes. Yeah. Um, as even, I think, I'm just trying to use an analogy, pirates going into the unknown waters, it's, they don't know what's there, mm. but they have the courage, which they did. Mm. to discover new lands, to discover new technologies, to get them over the uncharted territories. Um, so yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it's, very much, it's very much that you, do, you don't necessarily know, but what you know is that if I'm solving a real problem here, is that gonna uncover something yeah. that is a lot bigger? And that's what I think takes good eyes and in, in entrepreneur to realize that you need to have a very open mind and have open eyes yeah. to where you're going with this um, and because as we say when we talk about just discovery uh, that we built in as a mechanism in the early days and the you know just almost being the service for just stepping in when something goes wrong in your house oh yeah. my, my cleaner's not there can you help me uh, it's a niche market right? yeah. but we realized very quickly that yeah it's a niche market but it gets us into the doors to talk to real people mm. and beyond friends right mm. once you once you do that and I cannot overstate the importance of really just talking to people um, is you will learn that that initial discovery in our case which was a discovery lands up being that like but there's a much bigger ongoing opportunity here. And then all of a sudden we realize, well, that's where the Sweep South subscription model comes in, where we've got the ongoing cleaning, which is, you know, majority of our business. Um, it came from that, but we wouldn't have seen it right up front. It needed yeah. following that route, you know, jumping onto that uh, pirate ship and going into the, into the mist and uh, just having a bit of courage to do that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I think also just trying to think about it, and I think this is why it's important to try and solve challenges in spaces where you understand that you, you start to understand the problem space really well. So, you know, you start to think about what are the trends that will help to drive growth of this industry or growth of the business that we're wanting to build. And so some of the bets that we made, for example, was that you'd have increasing penetration of smartphones. And that would facilitate more people on the customer and service provider side being interested in and able to use the platform that we were building. Um, so I think you've also tried, you know, you, you try as much as you can to get into the headspace of like, mm. these are the bets that I'm like banking on that will influence how successful or not the business will be. But, you know, it's a number of data points. There's no certainty. I think you've got to look at like a, a top down um, approach. You've got to look at a bottom up. You've got to look at like what is the you know what are what are the things that I believe about the way the world is going to look like or the way I want the world to look like uh, to help yeah. you try and get to that. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think Paul Graham in one of his essays called it look you know seeing into the future. Mm. Uh, it's such a necessary thing. I yeah. Think, for uh, even if it's just hypothesis and you think yeah. this is what it's going to look like, you've got to make those bets because yeah, it's it, to that concrete example in Sweep South, it was the massive uh, part of the equation making yeah. it work. And that was that we took a bet that the, 
cell phone, the, the, the inexpensive, as you said, smartphones coming into yeah. the picture within a space of a year to 18 months would be, it literally, so concretely, it literally flipped in numbers. So meaning yeah. that like 20% of people coming into, um, to, you know, to, to get onboarded on the, on the SweepSoft platform, 20% had smartphones. You know, you know, these entry level smartphones. In 2014, mm. yeah. In 12 to 18 months from there, the number was 80%. Mm. That's, you know, that's, um, they, 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 that's a massive impact on, on, the, on the outlook of what the business now can do from a scale perspective and how it can manage people um, using that technology and all of that. Without it, it wouldn't have happened. But we took a bet it would. Um, you know, as, as an example, maybe to try sort of get the sort of mental model, model around that, um, for us, it was just, you know, seeing where mobile phones were going, right? Mm. And we could tell that uh, China started producing at that moment uh, really inexpensive but yeah. solid phones, you know, maybe not with the best GPS hardware to be able to locate, you know, to be able to know exactly where the person is. But yeah. that wasn't necessary initially. But what was necessary for sure was that the phone was capable of being able to deliver what we were trying to do um, yeah. in order to make a great customer experience. So, yeah. 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 And then you've got to have the conviction to, to back up some of those bets, you know, which, which we also did. And I think that's also an important element of, of being, being an entrepreneur is like you have these bets. They definitely are bets. There's like a not, a, a, not a high level, you know, you, there's never 100% certainty. But you've got to back that up. And so the thing that we did when we started to see these trends was go, well, you know, on day one, people don't have access to these phones, but we're going to give them access. That's it. And so I remember Vodacom had like this super, I think it was the cheapest in the market smartphone that they were. Sort of oh, smart kicker. That's smart, what it was called. Yeah, the very yeah. first version it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, the best phone. <laughs> it was. It was, yeah, it was quite a, yeah, like, yeah, quite a, it was an early attempt at sort of a, a low-cost mm. smartphone. And Android, we like, uh, Android, uh, Android OS yeah, phones, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, um, and we were like, look, we're going to take out, I think we started with 30 contracts and then 60. Uh, that we backed ourselves, yeah. and then 60, and yeah, and took out like two-year contracts for those phones. But th those are the sorts of things that, yeah. you know, we, we felt comfortable doing. And this is the perfect example of like, but that doesn't scale. You're like, well, you know, this is the, this is the like yeah. kind of concrete example of like do things that don't scale. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing them? Because I can see into the future that we won't have to do this in a year yeah. time from now. Yeah. But then what do we do? Wait for a year? No, you don't. <laughs> you, you get some duct tape, you get some glue, you, get, yeah. you, you stick these things together and get through that year but you learn so much through that you improve the technology you talk to people during yeah. that time which is the most important i think uh, yeah. um, entrepreneurship and like ideas um are about making a bet on yourself and you guys have used yeah. this word bet as well just around the thinking and just like the initial just conceptualization um so making a bet over and over again about an idea that you have or your yeah. perspective on the world and solving yeah. a specific problem over yeah. and over again until you die or thrive, right? Yeah. And you guys have thrived, but what would you say was something that you made a bet on very early on that like really felt like something that could actually just make you stop doing this or trying at all? Was there challenges like very early on that made you question whether or not this was the right one? Because hmm. I'm sure yeah. you guys have had yeah. a lot of different ideas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But this is the one that you yeah. kept on making a bet on. Yeah. Was that were the early early challenges? Was like, okay, maybe not this one. Yeah. So I mean, our first idea was not sweep south. Like, and I think that's also important to say. Like, the first idea. So we 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 liked two sided marketplaces because we like the idea of solving, of using technology to solve two problems, or for prob problems for two different groups at the same time. Mm. And it's difficult, so if you, solve, if you solve it, you're also creating a mode for yourself. Um, but the first business was a travel marketplace. Um, and we wrote a 60, Page business plan for it. We still have that too. Which we still have, and it's it was called Shift South, which is also what our business is still registered at because we we registered that business. And then after writing it, we were like, I, I don't, we don't have that level of conviction that we want to have around personally 
the industry, what technology is going to do to help drive the industry, particularly within Southern Africa. We love traveling, but what do we know about traveling? Not much. Do yeah. we, are we passionate about solving that problem? No. Okay, maybe a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so we candid um, the idea and just, you know, back to the drawing board. Um, and then there were a couple of challenges even within Sweepsout that made us think, I don't think that made us think, you know, this is not going to work, but we're sort of big, do we push ahead with this um, and try and solve for this? Or does this mean that it's not the right, it's not the right thing? Um, and so I think, yeah, mm. I mean, some of the things we're just looking at, um, you know, the areas and trying to solve the supply demand imbalance problems. And again, like having to solve it in a very manual way until we'd started to build up some sort of um, volume and network effect within a particular mm. area. So until we did that, we were driving, you know, we were driving sweep stars around in our cars. We were doing cleaning jobs ourselves. Handing out pamphlets at Stanford <laughs> Drive. No, at uh, Santon Drive, right? Yeah, yeah of <laughs> William Nickel and, and, uh, and Santon Drive. That's yeah. it. Um, it was yeah. yeah. <laughs> some, some local... Yeah, there was, a, oh, there was a major intent to that, and I think it was kind of smart at the time now that I think about it is uh, we realized we could hand that over to someone like I mean come on let's be efficient here it's all about efficiency right just hand it over to someone else 100 rand 203 400 rand, whatever it is here you go please hand out these flyers super easy to students or whatever and we're done but we realized but do you know how long those folks stand in the traffic during peak uh, at those traffic lights good few minutes Mm. Do you know what kind of conversation I can have in a couple of minutes, uh, especially if we practice, you know, like you practice your pitch, right? So you were talking about maybe, you know, it's important to, you know, know your business quite well to be able to pitch it, you know, you know like as an elevator pitch kind of thing, right? Very quickly. Um, there's no greater test than that, but a place where you can rapidly test it because there's so many cars, right? Uh, driving through in a day. Well, being able to pitch someone 30 seconds on what this is, and still get to ask them a question on top of that, where you try to draw some information out on how what their behaviors are or usage patterns of these sort of services are in their own household. Mm. It's invaluable. It's yeah. far greater. So then all of a sudden you say, well, this would have cost me 400 rand, but I'm actually saying I, I got value out of this that is far greater in, if you could somehow maybe assign a rand value of far greater value. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of necessary uh, in early stages, but even now, I think we do, we encourage our team all the time that you have to talk to customers, have yeah. to talk to sweet so stars, important. have to, yeah. uh, because the world's changing, we're, we're not perfect, we've, we, we, we know we've got a lot more to, to, to get even more right. Uh, a different country just throws a completely different sort of... Um, uh, variables into the equation that you have to work with, uh, which is also a, a big challenge. Um, and it's just knowing that, you know, it's uh, the fly thing is always a good reminder because you've got to say to yourself, well, when does that go away? And I'm like, in my opinion, probably never. It might not be flyers, but it'll be another shape or form of flyers, right? <laughs> Where you've always got to be kind of close to the ground, understanding, are we still solving a real problem? Are we not solving something as well as we could and we, and we should? Yeah. yeah. Was there ever, um, maybe not as early, but like just in the growth process, that, you know, a defining moment of conviction in the idea, the problem that you're solving, the team you're building, mm. and where you guys were going? Because I feel like most founders, it's very hard to have that level of conviction. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. there is no other plan. This is it. Yeah. 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 So it's almost like that thing of like, when do you like burn the bridge kind of thing? Because I'm not going back. There <laughs> is a tipping point, I must say. Do you remember what it was for you? Like, I mean, it, there wasn't a, a moment, right? Like uh, one singular thing. But I think, <laughs> I think um, some of the things that were super encouraging were... Um, the first investors who came on board who had also been operators and entrepreneurs themselves and just hearing you know the level of sort of trust and excitement that they had about the business was super encouraging um, mm. and then also like the first team members who joined and um, our first first hire was a guy who had studied with me before and who'd you know been in the in the lab with me my, my backgrounds in human genetics and he was like so keen to join, um, so keen. I think he even applied 
via the Sweepstar application yeah, you did. link. Exactly. Um, and I made that short as a tweet intentionally to see how creative people could be yeah. being able to yeah. um, sell themselves in a, in a, in a, essentially in a, in a tweet. Yeah. Uh, and he did a, a marvelous job of that. Yeah. <laughs> and we knew there, there was, uh, and the fact that he hacked the form as in the, used that as the approach to, uh, yeah. to apply for a job was, was, you know, gave us great confidence like, yeah. to really chat and see where this goes. Yeah. And then, mm. and then I think the feedback from early customers but even more so sweep stars mm. i think when you have people saying this is so different to how i've experienced work before and i'm so grateful um that you guys exist mm. um i think it's just you know it's incredibly powerful this is my hacking <laughs> no worries man cool i actually so the alarm is like a 20 minute alarm oh no worries uh, okay yeah, all oh, good, so man. i actually wanted to turn off that pinging um yeah. is it okay okay cool yeah okay. so so i do have a, something to finish on this like i've got a very important mm. thing to say um <laughs> there was a tipping point for me where there was no going back like absolutely no going back and when that's when i realized as one would have their own children, and so that's a dependence, and you care about them. We started having dependence. Mm. And um, the dependence here being specifically, I'm going to turn towards to say, our service providers, the cleaners, the sweep stars. Once we, you know, had, can't remember the exact number, 20 to 50, and you could clearly see that they're starting to have serious income that's making a difference yeah. in their own household. There was no going back. Mm. Because you, you just can't quit this, you know what I mean? Like, uh, we can see that, like, people really need this it's and they working. depend on making, yeah. on putting food on the table. Um, in these scenarios, people really have, like, multi-generational families living in the household. Mm. So now you know, like, if you need a, what do you call it, like, some kind of a drive, there's no stronger drive than waking up in the morning to say, like, we have people here that we have to create work for. Yeah. Uh, and... There's nothing stronger. Like, yeah. So those numbers just started growing. And as they did, uh, there was even more importance yeah. in ensuring that we, in sort of analogous terms, burn that bridge on our side to say, yeah. it's not going back. There's yeah. no work. Yeah. There's no job. This is it. Yeah. I can't. Um, and it's something we, we go back to, like in the, in the most difficult times that we face as a business, like as founders, um, continuously when we feel like, I mean, there's so many moments where it's just like, this is so hard and this feels so horrible right now. Um, the, the most recent one being like, uh, you know, pandemic, sort of onset of the pandemic, level five lockdown. And it was like, how are we going to do this? And it, we go back to the fact that there are thousands of people who have households of thousands more people who depend yeah. on us. Like you have to make it's no longer you anymore. It's, it's not anymore. Like it's like, well, what are you? What are you gonna do? Like, what's your next thing? You're like, I mean, here, like, we got a huge, huge dependency of people that need yeah. this. You know, like, yeah. and anything that doesn't work uh, goes straight to this. You know, it's straight to like we've got to, we've got to solve this problem. You yeah. Know, whatever it is, because um, and the pandemic one maybe we'll get to, maybe we'll touch on because there's some really important key learnings there for mm. businesses ours. Yeah. What we've had to do, we had to do so many things that, you know, out of ordinary to, you know, still make it happen and, and ensure like what will thousands of, you know, cleaners, gardeners do that now don't have income during that, especially that hard lockdown. Yeah. What do we do? And we had to do some extraordinary things to, um, on the customer front, on the investor front, on a, you know, um, yeah. how, do you, front. how do you sort of process and manage that, right? So. Now it's not just you, it's not just you and your idea in your room, it's not just you, your idea and your sort of pitch deck and uh, small, uh, the business model canvas, yeah. like people depend on you, you've got a team, more than a team, you've got the sweep, sweep stars. Right. Um, how do you manage that pressure of saying, hey, this is not just me alone and yeah. this is cool anymore, it's like, hey, this is serious. There's people that are looking at you and going, hey, this is the platform I need. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. want. It's no longer just yeah. like, oh, this is a cool app. It's like, hey, okay. I depend on this for my livelihood and yeah. this helps me do something. And mm. there's people that work for you guys that are part of your team that very much similar depend on the company's yeah. survival yeah. to exist as well. How do you even begin to process yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. 
the difficulty. I've got a few suggestions. So in personal terms, um, you know, I realized that stakes only get bigger, they don't get smaller. So I, my, my hope always was in the beginning was like, jeepers, this is hard. It will get easier. Trust me, this is fine. It never does. It never does. The moment you come down to that re realization and, and yes, now you've got a, a great team and smart people. That's fantastic. But now you've got to turn to yourself personally and start asking questions. So it's like, and that's really introspection around like, who is Alan? Who is Aisha? Um, what's going to make a strong Alan, strong Aisha? Yeah. Uh, you know, physically, mentally. Uh, and we started working on ourselves, yeah. especially in the last few years, yeah. which has been a massive contributor yeah. to be able to, you know, see this through for a much longer period, be able to be okay with the pressure that's on without, uh, you know, kind of collapsing under that pressure because the weight is immense, right? Uh, as a startup, a money question is always there, right? Um, you know, until you reach profitability and that. And um, it, it's, it's really immense. So it's like, and I think it's those, and we can maybe touch on what some of our techniques have been on that. Like from, for myself, very much physical training has been, I've never trained more physically in my life and I've never been in better shape than now. Which is kind of weird. You're like, well, aren't you working hard in South? Surely it's the opposite. It would be... My parents have taught me something there is that it's always been, they said, like, I, when the times are hard and the toughest, you've got to be physically the strongest because you're going to need it. <laughs> and mentally. So, you know, for me, it's physical training on that one part. The other one is a bit of meditation I've introduced into my life. And Aisha's been phenomenal in that. So I've got a long way to go on that front too. And getting some personal coaching as well, like life coaching in a more recent note. Yeah. If you can maybe touch on that <laughs> further. Yeah, yeah, no, so, I mean, yeah. yeah, I think, I think, I mean, we're also a couple as well as being co-founders yeah. and I think the, I mean, it, it works so well in, in so many ways in our case, but also yeah. when things are super hard, it can feel terrible in a household because both of you are bearing that burden. And I think, yeah, I mean, a few years ago, we just made the, had the realization that like, we've got to make sure that we as individuals are strong so that whatever it is that happens, we're able to sort of take it on. Um, and, and so, yeah, those things, I mean, in addition to, to what Alan said, so, um, you know, physical strength, emotional strength, uh, intellectual strength, um, but also, yeah, meditation, you know, the spiritual side, I think it's very easy for entrepreneurs to to connect their self and self-worth and everything to a business. Mm -hmm. And if your business fails, then there's nothing, right? And, and that's not the case. Or if something bad happens within your business, it, you know, by extension, you then are a bad person or worthless or whatever. And, and that should never be the case. Mm -hmm. um, and it's almost contradictory because on the one hand, the mission is so important. And when you do these things, the purpose and the mission becomes even more important. Um, but you have this sort of internal strength and guide that means that um, you know you're strong regardless of what happens mm. externally. Um, and I think another thing is also just having having your purpose and what the business does be very aligned. Like mm. there's alignment, uh, in the, and everything is you know unidirectional with investors, with team members, with customers, with sweep stars, with ourselves as founders. Because otherwise. When you have difficulties, you're on top of that dealing with the conflict of now mm. trying to satisfy, you know, unaligned or misaligned parties, which is incredibly stressful. The so additional the, energy oh, that it will man. add on top of this would yeah. be probably just unbearable. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So like that's, you know, I think the best businesses are also businesses where what's good for the business is good for everyone else. Then you just have to focus on one thing. Mm. Like if we just focus on growth and that is net positive for everyone it solves so many other challenges because it's like just grow and everyone will be happy you you know sweep stars will be happy because you're doing the right thing it's aligned with your purpose and mission and you know customers team everyone else right. so that that was another thing i think mm. that we had to make sure is like there's just this alignment and everyone's on the same page mm. you know you speak about purpose and mission and obviously working for a startup and also just being obsessed with them this is always at the core of everything they do, right? Okay. It's like, hey, we have this very clear mission. Yeah. We also have principles and values that govern how we behave yeah. and all these things. 
what's the process of actually developing those things? Mm. Um, what do you think Sweep South's mission is? Mm. And what would be the ultimate um, version of what success is mm. to tick that box? Do you want to go? Do you want me to go? You can go. Um, it's a beautiful set of questions. It is. It is. And, and, and a lot I'm of that. Super <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think, um, I think vision, mission and values come from founders. Um, they come from your ideal behaviors. Like I think it's okay for some of those things to be aspirational as well. I think there's no world in which the founders and no company in which the founders are an absolutely perfect reflection of culture, yes, mission, yeah. vision. I think it's just, it's impossible. Um, and then and then I think it's trying to crystallize what are the things that are important for you in terms of your values and purpose um, and what makes sense with the business that you're trying to build and, and putting those into a set of rules or behaviors for the business. Um, for Sweep South, our, our mission is really around using technology to create high trust connections between um, customers in the context of the home and service providers who do work within those homes. And in doing that to, particularly on the service provider side, to improve access to employment opportunities, financial and digital inclusivity, education, um, education, not just in South Africa, but on the rest of the continent and and actually in, you know, in emerging and developed markets across the world. Um, And that has to speak to what you know, drives us or, or what we feel excited about as as human beings as well. Yeah. So Alan and I both come from I guess I mean I guess everyone comes from a difficult background in some or other yeah, way. Sure, yeah. But mm. um, you know uh, yeah, you know, my parents apartheid activists, anti apartheid activists, you know, your parents immigrants, yeah, you know, coming from, from a war yeah. country. Um, I think the idea of just making your work purposeful um, is something that's that's important to us, and so and that that has bled through into the business. And then I think as you start having your first hires as well, they also start to sort of have an impact on what the company culture is. And I think that's something people often miss is like yeah, you know how the first ten call it employees mm. in the business also influence so, culture. Yeah, it's just reflecting on this. A lot of this is very evolutionary. It shouldn't be a surprise, right? But uh, then this is the thing of like that people shouldn't overthink starting something it's uh, I think it's been said many times like just yeah. start yeah. you know like you'll figure it out that is the reason this is because even culture a lot of the stuff will come from the early DNA of what do we stand for and all of that but as I as you mentioned those early I think steps with some of our great early employees definitely brought in some you know parts to our DNA of what the culture would be and what it is today so yeah, yeah. it's such an important thing and I think just never be scared to kind of learn right and that's the thing is that it's you you, yeah I see it like you got to be okay with being vulnerable that's it's such a big thing and it's like I I don't know if I was in the early days but now I am totally like that like I just I know that we're not going to know all the answers we make mistakes today big time you know like and we just are okay with that. We're like, look at it and we say, like, what does this mean? What have we learned? Oh, that, fantastic. We know exactly what to do with this next time or how to adjust course from here, which is super important. Um, yeah, just, um, yeah, and I'm wondering how much kids, like, so we, we obviously have kids. We've had one child when we started Sweep South and now we have three. Um, I'm wondering how much of that had influence on us because I find, the reason I mentioned is I find that, you know, I find that I get a, a bit of higher sense of humility knowing that, like, yeah. kids will tear your hair out at times and mm. you've got to be okay with being composed, knowing that you love them and many things like that. And I think there's a lot of benefit to that in business because, yeah, it just teaches your heart to be more calmer uh, and assess the situation mm. Which is what you got to do as a parent, right? Like yeah. in the beginning, I didn't care any about it. That it was just like we've got one child. It's like you just, you just hack it. You make it work, and it's all great. But um, it just, I find that that it, part of that I don't know, has got quite a quite a big influence on how you approach business now. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think um, gives you a perspective that doesn't make your business. 
it doesn't make your business less important, but it gives you a perspective into how important the other parts of your life are to being successful, mm. which ultimately contributes positively to the way that you run your business. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. You guys are sort of one of those startups that's not just um, providing a service and getting paid. You're also driving impact, right? Mm. So you've, about, you've got about, and if I get the number wrong, please tell me, 13,000 stream stars on there now. Um, how do you look at what growth looks like from here on? Mm. Um, the platform sort of expanded into not just um, home cleaning, but like you know, so many other fields yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, how do you yeah, look at growth? What does growth look like for the next five, 10 years? Mm. Um, and yeah, expansion as well. Yeah, so I mean, we've, we've um, worked with 30,000 uh, okay. sweep stars. <laughs> Um, and um, and yeah, I mean six or seven thousand primarily in South Africa, but also in Kenya, Nigeria, and and Egypt, on a monthly basis, um, working through the platform and um, and I That's think just cleaning as well. yeah exactly yeah gardening yeah so we've now and then we've branched mm. out into um, yeah. gardening services, artisanal services, um, so elect- electricians, plumbers, handymen. Through the Egyptian business, we have beauty services which we're rolling out in South Africa within the next month or two. Um, and growth is really along the lines of, um, you know, internationally new markets where these problems exist and, and, um, and haven't adequately been solved. And, and then also new, new product verticals. And as much as you have domestic workers and nannies, you know, and cleaners who, who are underemployed, um, or unemployed there, you know, there's the guy who's standing on the side of the road with the sign saying, you know, I can paint your house or you know or do plumbing work or whatever who's just like it's just the most inefficient way to try and find work um and so there are there are lots of problems on the on the service provider side as well that we look forward to addressing but i think you know it's um and you also asked about what success means to us like it's it's again it's iterative because i think having the goal, I think, you know, a goal and a definition of success and a BHAG and all that stuff is very useful in terms of, you know, it's like, you know, you need to have the destination and you have the road that takes you there. But, but I always like to create space for more optionality. Mm. You know, I think, I think question marks uh, allow for infinite opportunities. So I rather try and think of success as like, you know, how do I make today a good day mm. and then tomorrow how do I make yeah. you know today a good day how do I make and I think when you when you build it like that you'll get to your ultimate goal but it's so much more exciting because you're not closed to other opportunities because you're thinking like mm. this is you know the way that so, everything has to unfold yeah yeah exactly but um, success for most part for most parts is not path dependent so that's absolute key there mm. because it does mean that you can get to that destination in many different ways um, yeah. um, it's an important realization and that's why sometimes like you know reading a business book isn't going to give you <laughs> the answers because usually it's someone's path or and you're like well that's one path that's great and it may be very much in context of uh, time dependency mm. so right which is important mm. um, and that's why some of these good to read other stories and all of that for you know maybe an aspirate Inspiration, inspiration, uh, and a few other elements, but ultimately it comes down to just walking that path for sure. So, um, yeah, so, so, so success is very much from our perspective of you know getting as many people as we can to genuinely be, be able to reflect on the countries we operate in, to actually see quantitative and qualitative difference in those markets. So. You know, so you can actually say, you know, mm-hmm. these people who are previously unemployed are working, you know, yeah. on, on daily basis. They've got work, they're putting food on the table. Um, we've given them access through. It's a beautiful thing about marketplaces is that um, you start getting uh, access to bulk kind of deals and that kind of stuff with uh, other service providers that individuals just wouldn't have access to. So all of a sudden you can be like, well, that airtime costs you, you know, a fraction of that than usual, or you've got access to this, um, um, let's say, financial literacy program that costs you nothing. Or, um, and those kind of factors that really come with the network effect that I think are absolutely critical. Um, 
so yeah, where to from here? Uh, you know, Africa continent is obviously very dear to our heart. We're operating in those four countries now, and recently with acquisition in Egypt, which is super important, and we're very excited about. But it's um, other continents as well. South America is on the map, you know, later this year or early next year. And um, and again, similar conditions, right? You've got these problems that are very evident there that either people have attempted at solving or have just not solved at all. Um, and we see a big opportunity there to make a difference. So it's, it's great. Yeah. What's one thing that you've learned the most about yourself from building this? Oh... <laughs> yeah, you, you, you love you, you asking these questions. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think um, I think like just so a lot of a lot of what I've learned is from sort of personal introspection that has come through the difficulties of building a business, but are, are very personal and not necessarily about me as a CEO or whatever, but just me as a human being. Um, so I think, I think some of the things are, um, firstly, how stubborn I am um, and, you know, and, and how I can, that can be good or bad. Um, again, that, that notion of like just self-worth without, without needing to, you know, without um, accomplishment um, and then the last thing just like around the importance of purpose and how much energy I can have and how many hours in the day I can have if what I'm doing in that day is aligned with what's important to me yeah I think for me it's very much that it's, it's the alignment of like purpose to the energy that I exert uh, you know in this universe you know uh, and it you just, I think, over time, get better at determining how to spend that energy wisely on the business, on family, on friends, and that. And I think to me, that's just become you. Be, you know, it's come such a long way. Like I'm a different person in that sense that I can now target that energy in a very specific manner, and I think to get the best out of it. You know, for not for myself selfishly, but necessarily, but. But I think the others around me, right? Like, just if we're, if I'm interacting with great people, uh, you know, around us in this world, it's important to, uh, you know, leave this, you know, like leave leave a great mark in them, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, and yeah, and just uh, maybe the last one for me is just just I've always had a hunger for learning, but now it's just now it's just gone to another level uh, in that, uh, but on different fronts, right? So before it was like. Computer science, it's everything. I love building. Let's just build great technology, sweeps out this technology, and that's what it's about. And let's talk about that and let's convince others to join us. It's gone beyond that. It's, you know, it's not just only gone beyond that, you know, philosophical manner, which is great too. But I, for instance, I've, now I've got great interest in understanding the physical world around us in a much greater intellectual, detailed way. And, um, you know, I'm doing an a, a applied physics degree at the moment. Obviously, where do you find the time? That's a topic maybe for a completely different podcast, but like it would be interesting to unpack one day. But it's, um, it's just, yeah, uh, like just that hunger now for learning uh, and then hopefully being able to do something with that. Now that we've figured out what a scale means. Uh, how do we, uh, you know, learn more and use that to hopefully project it at scale and yeah. enable others to benefit from that? What a, what a great way to leave this planet one day, <laughs> in yeah. that sense for me, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Last question, what is one thing you really wish you knew when you started this journey? So if you could like literally rewind to the first day you thought about doing this, what is one thing you really wish you knew? Ooh, can I start with something else? And actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip it, and yeah, I'm gonna actually say, you know what? I wish I didn't know, and I didn't. But you want to know why, and I'll tell you why afterwards. But <laughs> I think it's even more important. Is I wish I didn't know what it was going to take, and I didn't. And here's the reason why: because if I did, I wouldn't have ever start a sweet stuff with Russia. Because it's too difficult. Yeah. I hope you like that, <laughs> because. The, that's so real. It's, it's it, more real it's, than anything anyone's actually ever said on the podcast. I won't lie. Like, 
it, yeah. it's 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 too hard so you say well it's too hard what does that make you superhuman no is there's an aspect to entrepreneurship to entrepreneurs that is extremely important in this journey and that is that um you figure things out along the way you really 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 do this is the reason why an investor a venture capitalist will never run a business they, they, they won't like and if, if they're smart enough they will tell you this as well for this exact reason is that if they put it into the excel sheet and try to write what the path to this is to making sweet stuff work making yoko work making many other companies in the world work and the, the, there would be no good path it would it, on paper it will tell you that it's not a good idea I'll leave it at that but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I don't I I think um so I I think the thing that's that's important that um I wish I'd known and and you know born in mind was again this importance of like your holistic self being brought to to building your business and I came out of like quite a hustle culture already. I was a management consultant before starting Sweep South, and then I studied for 10 years and completed a PhD, all of which involved like crazy levels of hard work. And I just we, we just basically took it up a notch with Sweep South in the in the first I would say four or five years. Mm. Um, and didn't think about it was literally just like the you know hustle culture, put your head down and just execute, 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 which is so the wrong way to build a business. And I think you get caught into this trap that is very convenient, I think, also for a lot of the ecosystem. You get caught into this trap that, again, says that like your self-worth is only tied to the success of your business. If you're not executing, you're not, you're wasting time. Uh, I hate being called a jockey. Like, I actually think it's pretty insulting. I'm not, you know, I, my job is not to like jump onto a horse as a human being, you know, and, and make money for you. Like, um, I'm, you know, I'm a whole person. I'm a whole holistic individual, and um, and, and there's more to it, right? There's much that, more to that, it. That, yeah. that, that sort of boxes it into a single dimension, yeah. which is convenient, as you yes. say. Yeah, convenience and, and communication, right? That's a good tweet. <laughs> it's a good, <laughs> but reality is a bit more complex, though, but isn't also it? If and, you, and more beautiful than that, actually. Yeah, and so, there's other things that you can work on, whether it's studying, uh, mm. exercise, meditation. These all will contribute to you being a better jockey, you know, or yeah. entrepreneur. Um, but if you're, you're, you feel like your job is just to put your head down and do and not look around, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it doesn't make sense. And I think it's, it can be incredibly harmful to people. So mm-hmm. I just wish that notion of like, you know, take your time, build for the long term, build yourself, work on building yourself as an individual, mm. as founders, as well as working on the business. Yeah. I think we made a lot of painful very very painful mm-hmm. mistakes and like you know we're very close to burnout a good few times and we're like yeah, stuck yeah. in this trap of like i'm so tired but i need to keep on building um, so know, know thyself i guess whatever it is know thyself in terms of like um what you you know what your limits are uh and i'm not talking about limits in terms of what you can accomplish but in terms of immediate limits again coming down yeah. to uh, you know you know using that energy wisely because if you as you mentioned, yeah. you burn out. It's not going to really yeah. matter how good you know, how good your hustle was. Yeah. But I, I do believe. So it's not, I mean, to disagree a bit on one part. It's, 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 I think it's important is to actually say that at times the hustle is important and real. Oh, absolutely. 100%. So we're, no, no, definitely. You've got to work. You you've got to work. To. So that does ring. Yeah. It's yeah. necessary. But is your business for the next? If this is going to be a big thing, ten years, twenty years idea. Uh, it, it can't be just hustle. It's gonna. It's at some point. It's gonna be the combination of the hustle with, um, you know, we know when to pick up our head and relook at. Is yeah. this the right direction? Yes, it is. Yeah. Good, good. Okay, fine. Uh, what else is important here? Yeah. Uh, it's important to evaluate that. So, but again, it's a evolution of business. The beautiful thing about startups is you don't know all the answers. Yeah. You have to start. You have to listen to the business. And what does that mean yeah. to me? Listen to customers, listen to, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and be willing to learn like crazy. Know you're going to be so right. I mean, uh, it's so wrong at times, you know. I still look at some of the decisions I made even recently and I'd be like, cheap as what was I thinking? Just, it's yeah. embarrassing. 
But I, I put up my head, and I'm not shy about that. Like it's okay. Like mm. it's it's fine. That's that's the and that's the culture that needs to be instilled, you know. And unfortunately, when people are coming into it, you know, they if they're coming from school or they're coming from a let's say a larger corporate environment and that they've been taught the thing of like you need to know the right answers. Um, how do schools do it? You take a test, you take an exam. A failure means <laughs> you are in trouble. You know, mm. you're staying behind or whatever it means. It's a punishment, form of punishment. Mm. In a corporate environment, it's, um, again, it's the thing of like, if I make this mistake, uh, you know, it's going to be about me. I made that mistake. And so what, are the, what do people do? They, they, they tend to look for a consensus, right? Mm. And that, there's no bigger mistake than, it's a far bigger mistake than making a mistake is to go ask everybody, what should we do on this, you know? Why? Because that way, look, I asked everybody, it's not my fault. It, should never, it shouldn't get to that. So that is what people need to sort of let go of, and it's not easy. But when starting a startup, that's absolutely critical to that, is to say, listen, it's not school. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. big business. Yeah, I think so much of it is a reflection of yourself as well. Like so much of what you build is is a reflection of yourself, and mm. um, and to grow a business, you've got to be able to grow yourself and look around. And I think you know, you said um, know yourself. To know yourself, you've got to introspect. Like I, you know, people often talk about grit as an essential trait of entrepreneurs. It's incredibly important, and I think, yeah, I don't want to, you know, I definitely don't want to create the perception that you don't need to work super hard and super smart, like both of them, hmm. consistently. But I think introspection is probably one of, and, and perceptiveness is probably one of the, for me, one of the, you, the most important traits of entrepreneurs. And you said that well, right? How do you do that? Um, close your eyes. Remove the happy, the, the successful elements of a company right now. What, what do you, how do you feel? Mm. Mm. Who, who is who is Alan now? <laughs> who is Aisha now? Uh, it's it's critical to do that sometimes. Yeah, like absolutely necessary yeah. because it will enable you to see that you are in fact an individual and um, and have a lot to bring this world uh, yeah. outside of business. You know, uh, you know, in friendships and in, in everything. I think it's you said that well, and I think I've learned that from you uh, of recent notes. That's something incredibly important to think about. I mean, as entrepreneurs, you, you, you leave that aside again, and that's that notion of like jockey, because you're like, that's what it is, your job is, uh, you know, charts to the right. And those are important, critical to the business, of course, and we do focus on those, but it's more than that. It's more than that, and that's the important, yeah. I think. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Cool, man. Very good. To access previous episodes of this podcast, but also gain access to other shows on our network, please visit lucha.com.